Welcome to the Inquicast. This week we're going to be talking about interactive movies. I'm Tom. I'm John. And I'm Joe. So we just watched uh, Late Shift, which is an Apple TV interactive movie. And I find it interesting that you said we watched as opposed to we played. Does that mean that it's below some threshold where we consider it to be more of a movie than a game? Or well, does it just mean that Tom never got to hold the control? <laughs> <laughs> so Late Shift is, uh, is it just for Apple TV, I guess? I don't actually know. So I discovered it by just going onto the App Store on the Apple TV and Apple's quite heavily promoting it. It's on the kind of the big banner on the App Store. Right. Um, so I, I haven't actually looked to see whether it's on any other platforms, but I find it interesting that I haven't heard anyone else talking about it, so... Yeah, so what, what it is, it's, uh, it plays like a TV show, mm-hmm. and um, but every now and then, every couple of minutes, I suppose, you get a little bit of a choice on a timer, mm-hmm. you flip between a few options, there were, it wasn't always binary, there were sometimes three options in a row. Yeah. Um, it's never more than three that I've noticed. Okay. It's usually two or three, I think. And it's quite slickly done, isn't it? Yeah. It's sort of, so whilst you're choosing the option, you might have a, a you know, the character is sitting on screen doing some thinking, and it's not like a frozen screen. It's not paused. He's it's just a shot from a movie, and then you click the button, and it will cut at that point to the next scene of the of the TV show. So I think mm-hmm. to people watching, it just looks like a TV show. Yeah. You know, there's music playing while you're doing the choice. It doesn't look like the game has stopped or anything. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of an interesting mixture. So there were some choices which were of the sort of, here's a really big choice which is going to play out for the next few minutes. Um, you don't really necessarily believe the game is going to treat you fairly about. It's things like, mm. shall I run from this gunman or shall I do what he tells me to? And strangely mm. enough, whatever I choose, I probably end up doing what he tells me to. But there was also, there's one scene where you're talking to another character and it gave choices, whatever, sort of like a, a choice followed by a choice followed by a choice. Yeah. And kind of, you were bartering or sort of haggling a value. Yeah. And we definitely noticed that it was those scenes that seemed to be a lot stronger, it's, which is what we've always talked about. Yeah, like yeah it's the, interesting. The, the more frequent the choices, the more you, you're allowed to interact with it, the more you feel invested. And it was a classic sorcery scene. It was someone <laughs> saying, you know, okay, you do this thing and I'll give you 100. And one of the choices was, oh, 200. Oh, yeah, no, okay, but I'll hag you all up to 300. Oh, that's too high. A classic mm. haggling moment. But mm. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, and it felt, yeah, there was that moment of, oh, I wonder if I can push this a little bit further. Yeah, I feel kind of conflicted because I kind of expected going into it, for an interactive movie, it was bound to be a B-movie, kind of poor acting, but actually it's it was surprisingly good. Like, it was very well produced, the app is extremely slick. Um, I think they chose the story quite well, like the... The, the genre was chosen mm. quite well. It's kind of a heist movie. Um, yeah, I think one, one thing we were talking about just before, while we were playing, was it's very difficult in an interactive movie to do sort of fast-paced action sequences because mm. as a player, I just can't make choices that quickly. So if I'm, you know, if I'm running away from an exploding object, then the quick time event model is not really going to work very well. But mm. a heist movie is perfect because it's lots of people looking very serious and grumpy at each other while they take big decisions. So <laughs> yeah. while a gunman's pointing at you, you've got yeah, a yeah, few yeah. seconds to decide nice, what to do. You have nice tense moments. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. But yeah, so I came in expecting all of these things. And yes, it's all true. It's, it is a B movie. The acting is 
for the most part, not very good. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of compelling, right? Mm. It's pretty mm. good. I was really interested in trying to work out what my relationship to the protagonist was, because he's moving around doing things and doing voiceovers, and he has a character. He's supposed to be this kind of analytical mathematician or something. And I didn't feel like any of that was me. I didn't... I, I, I felt... but So what was my role? But then suddenly I'm choosing choices for him, and... That didn't feel awkward. I didn't feel like kind of the hand of God. I didn't feel like a director. Mm. I was just sort of prodding it quite happily. Mm. And in fact, I probably wanted more choices yeah. and more opportunities to sort of throw spanners in the work or, or do funny things or, I don't know, just explore yeah. it. So like I think people. from the little, at least I saw of it, it felt like that was something maybe they hadn't got down pat. I think I can think of at least three distinct relationships that you had with the protagonist. At the start, it asks you to decide how he feels about something, and then he literally replies to you. It's like an internal monologue. So he's, like, you're you're sort of having a conversation with him. Uh, Then the next bit is you deciding as him how to um, progress with this sort of barter with another character, which is in a completely different relationship with you and Mm. the protagonist. You are him right now. But then I guess we we have similar choice types in our games, in that... Like sometimes, sometimes it will be a a self reflection choice, or at least mm. a, what do I think about this? And then sometimes it will be an action point, and then sometimes it will be a dialogue point. So it's interesting that those t- do kind of mirror what we've done ourselves. It's just it's interesting mm. what it does in the context of a real time. It's a really funny film. thing that the reflective choice, the one where you say, "Well, how do you feel about this thing?" Mm. is always the one that, as as game designers, I think we all wince slightly at because we go, "But it's not a real choice. It doesn't do yeah. anything." And you know, in eighty days, obviously, we we do track a little bit of character stats, and they sort of have an impact. I think, I think, I think they I think, can be quite powerful. Well, that's the thing, and that everybody who plays these games really likes them yeah. because you get to have an interesting decision to take, yeah. and you might as well take it seriously. And it's expressive. You're it's exactly. expressive and yeah. that's what players want they want to yeah. be able to express themselves it almost doesn't matter too much whether it has a tangible impact and um, I notice this a lot when playing Monkey Island is that sometimes it will let you choose the punchline of a joke and it, you know it's not going to have no effect mm. whatsoever the character will just carry on talking about whatever they're talking about but the fact that you get to choose the punchline is amazingly good fun yeah and I mean arguably Telltale's work is entirely that mm. decision right it's, it's how do I want to express myself in this scene mm. which and the scene is going to happen regardless and there isn't really very much cost there isn't much being tracked in the gameplay and I kind of know that but it's still quite fun I always feel like there ought to be something real going on just to sort of bring me back to earth or something but yeah, it, it was interesting to see it, because I felt it really didn't work very well, that mm. first expressive choice here didn't yeah. work very well, though it's a kind of choice that we do all the right. time. Right, so yeah, in, in Late Shift, what they had, they had this, uh, a bit of a monologue at the beginning where the, the character was reading poetry or something, mm. it's the kind of moment that I just, when I'm starting to watch a film and someone's going off on a spiel about something poetic, I just don't turn on it's just kind of like it's just setting the tone of the movie I'm not really paying attention and then the fact that the, their very first choice point was a question of how do you feel about this mm. this mm. rant that the character just went on I was so is like, that, I, does that oh, suggest that the kind care. of the reflective choice is fine it's just in that particular context yeah. if it's your first yeah. opening choice it's your statement about how your game is going to be it should probably be of something with a bit of grit to it, with yes, a bit of exactly. kind of actually, to it. The second choice, although it didn't matter too much, was quite good. It was basically a, 
like you, you see a man on the street and do you want to help him or not with directions and that's uh, a very clear choice because when you can visually see what just happened because everyone recognizes that moment so you don't really have to put much thought mm. into understanding mm. what happened it's funny though I, I take that moment so he yeah he's getting on his tube train he gets interrupted and then you, mm. you get on the train and you go off to work and it would be so easy well I mean within the budget to make it that if you don't help the guy you get on the train and you get to work and that's fine and if you do help the guy you miss the train and then you're late and then when you get to work the guy says you're late and he says oh I'm so sorry that I'm late and you just call that back and then you yeah. can ditch it and move on and he doesn't do that it no. kind of wraps up its loose ends pretty yeah, fast yeah 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 um, I feel the whole scene could have just been cut well yeah well yeah but you have to have your first choice and it has to be lightweight and just basically teach you the UI it has to invite you to make it as well it has to say make this don't worry about it too much but you know it'll get you started though actually it was the second choice the first choice was she said the reflective one it was really interesting to see how how it played as an experience though because I think when I picked up the control so Joe had played it before and we were Mm. looking at it Tom and I for the first time just now and I kind of picked up the controller started watching it thought oh right okay I'm going to have to sit through a lot of video and then there'll be a choice and I won't pay that much attention and then after I'd made a couple of them I found that I didn't really want to put the controller down because I didn't know when the next choice was going to appear I had no idea if it was going to be a two second gap or a 20 second gap and then it's on its little timer that if I put the remote down I would have missed a couple of choices and as things got a bit more tense I didn't want to do that and that was a really nice kind of engagement that mm. actually I didn't want to second screen during this thing because yeah, absolutely. I might need to do something yeah even though I don't suppose I believe in fact it, it's, it's, it's in some much. ways it's more it's more unputdownable than a video game because if you put down a video game you stop moving and so it pauses yeah, yeah right whereas this just keeps on rolling yeah but I guess it doesn't have any fail states does that is that that was a difficult one for me as a as a player because I think well if if I really don't need to do anything to make this thing work is that okay but maybe for a TV show that's our that's where we came in like if it's a game mm. where if you just don't touch the controller you watch a TV show fine <laughs> <laughs> like if you want to do some input that's okay too yeah <laughs> just sort of feels like missed opportunity like why are you even yeah, but, you, know, <laughs> but you, could, you could imagine someone playing it and not making any choices until they see one they particularly like, and then they go, oh, I'll do that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but... Yeah, that's interesting, actually. So if you take the scene in the parking lot where you're haggling with a girl, basically trying to get a bit of money out of her, because it isn't a game, there's no money stat, at least as far as I can tell, there's no money stat. Actually, the whole scene doesn't matter anyway. So why did you care? Is it wrong to look at it from a game point of view so again I think it's about expression like John wanted to escalate the situation and be a bit cheeky and see what would happen that's all it was it wasn't a matter of like I I want to maximise my money no I I, I was playing a game I was doing risk reward and Mm -hmm. I was risking the scene ending in a dull way in return for the reward of the scene being a little bit more interesting Mm. and that's fine that was a perfectly good risk reward for me and I was rewarded because the scene was a little bit fun it went on a little bit longer and I felt like I'd I'd had some input into it and that was quite nice actually Mm. I really enjoyed that Um, that is interesting mm. I think that sort of invites again the heist theme really nicely like you could I mean, it's sort of blackjack, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. the model we've always talked talked about as yeah. well. Twist yeah. or stick, and you yeah. really want it. You really want to get the player to twist, and you want to make twisting kind of okay almost all the time. Yeah. And then when you kick them, you probably were going to kick them anyway. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, it does bring me back to the old con man game that I've always wanted to make. It's a really <laughs> nice way to do a con man game. It's sort of, your, you know, your role in a scene is talk your way into this building. Yeah. And that's the kind of situation that would be lovely to do in this kind of... This kind of it's interesting thing. to see whether video within kind of interactive narrative is going to make a comeback because I like the fact that um, her story made use of video and I've been thinking for a while it would be great to have more of a renaissance. Some real story. actors, yeah, yeah. Real actors can be really good. And it's I, a shame that it the, the the format basically died in the nineties because. Yeah. But why was that? Why did it die in the nineties? Is it something to do with the fact that the acting was just so poor, or was there something about the medium itself that it wasn't properly explored, or what? I don't know. I guess we've never had better hardware for it. I mean, the fact that you have an Apple remote and a TV set up, and it wasn't hard to do. But with the in the early days of multimedia PCs, I said you have to set in front of your PC though, which is but, but this is an in, inherently kind of set forward activity. Maybe old FMV games. The problem with them was just they looked like a lo-fi. They looked really lo-fi compared to television. They looked cheap. Yeah. And when people started doing three D graphics, it looked amazing and shiny, and that whole technological thing kicked in of people mm. just being impressed by the technology. Whereas now. What I guess what Tom's saying is that this game just looked like television. It looked normal, it was fluid, it didn't look clunky. Well, I actually think that's more to do with the production and the direction than the quality of the video. Because I, I don't really mm. agree with your point about 3D, because 3D at the start of 3D graphics was awful. <laughs> oh, no, I know, but we didn't know that because we'd never seen any better 3D. <laughs> but you couldn't, you couldn't tell proper stories with it, is what I'm no, saying. No, like they tried, You couldn't have but... acting. Yeah, that's true. But and you still, you still well, in the uncanny valley. At some point, didn't they? From using FMV, it became really unfashionable. You're right. I can't yeah. tell you exactly why that. Yeah. Maybe it was more expensive. Like, yeah. Yeah. It could be. Literally could more be. expensive. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think the 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 curious thing about FMV for me is quite what you do with it. So, like her story, obviously uses video, but in quite a weird way and it's definitely not mm. a branching narrative yeah, exactly. in the way that this definitely is a branching because, narrative because the video isn't portraying something where you're right there in the moment yeah, or actually your character is reviewing a video yeah there's no question of why it's a video or yeah. how I interact with that person yeah. um, uh, there was one other game that we mentioned briefly mm. before we started recording which was called Contradiction which is an FM the other FMV game to come out in the year of her story which didn't do quite as well the runner up winner of best FMV game of 26 2015, um, which is like a detective game. You wander around a village and you interview people and it's all done through little clips of video. And the acting is gloriously terrible. <laughs> like, it's, it's absolutely brilliant, but it is totally ludicrous. Intentionally. Um, uh, it's well. got to be. No, it's got to be. Like, they're so... It's so hammy. <laughs> Your detective will kind of go, hmm, and put these <laughs> grimace expressions as he's interviewing people. Um, and the plot is about mind control and it's, just, it's, it's completely ludicrous. But, but one of the things that it does, which is interesting, is that you'll go to a location and kind of look around a location for clues on the scene, that kind of L.A. Noir thing, and navigate around an environment. And that, I think, worked really badly in FMV, despite being basically a point-and-click adventure, basically exactly the model of an... So how does, it, how does it 
portray the environment? Is it sort of like mist? Is sure, it... it's a photograph with things you click on. Like okay. it was a while since I played it, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Mm. But then you might do something where you kind of go around a corner and there's a little bit of footage of him reaching for a door handle and opening a door just okay. as an inset, and then you're in the next room. And that worked really, really well. Mm. So I didn't have to see my character traipse from point A to point B. It could just do a tiny cutaway, move on. Mm. And that felt like a very seamless way of gluing the environment together. But then when I was actually in the room looking for things... It just felt like I was clicking on the menu boxes until the next bit came along. Whereas in Late Shift, I really like the way that there's none of that. There's mm. none of that just sit and explore a dead scene. Like stuff's always happening, even if I'm not in control yeah. of it. So I kind of wonder it's whether actually, one can nick the best bits and leave the kind of point click bits behind. It's interesting because I guess Late Shift was more movie than game. Definitely, yeah. So yeah. it's like it's always rolling forward. And in yeah. fact, it reminded me most of Telltale games, really, because they have so many cutscenes. And if you just took the exploration parts out of Telltale, that's basically what we were playing. Yeah, so. I, I, I guess it was. Um, so it sounds like against all odds, this is actually pretty good. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, this I isn't where I started from. No, having played it, like my, my initial reaction was, oh, I quite want to make one of these. These <laughs> like, technically looks fairly, fairly simple. Like, I'm sure making TV and film good is really difficult, and I certainly don't know anything about <laughs> it. But from a design and writing programming point of view oh it looks really easy yeah and like, like you would there's have loads to... of opportunities to make it really fun as yeah. well i think it's basically not possible to make it good though unless you team up with a really good director and producer who knows how to do casting yeah sure yeah, all yeah, of yeah. these exactly. things exactly no i'm not but... i'm not thinking it's the branch that we should take on tomorrow <laughs> i mean our acting is superb obviously but, um, i don't think the world is quite ready for it yet um so I wonder if you could literally do Telltale, or Until Dawn, I think would be a good example. Could you have just done that, filmed it, and released it as it is, except for without clunky facial animations and, you know, the fact that it'll look aged into the... If I'm so, not... it's pretty embarrassing, because they must have motion captured all of that. Right? So they yeah. did film it. That must have been so expensive as well, yeah. making it into a game that occasionally you walk around the scene. Like, what if it just kept moving and it had been real? Yeah. I'd definitely, a big proponent. I'd, I'd definitely um, be a big proponent for um, doing non-3D character animation because I just think it always looks so ropey and uncanny valley and I'm definitely up to for seeing more games that have FMV or... I, I, I don't know. I'd love to see a game that integrates... FMV with a 3D environment somehow because <laughs> 3D environments look pretty good. It's just characters who look. I guess the fact is, as well, Hollywood is doing this all the time. Like, yeah. actors within green screened environments right, is exactly. pretty normal now. Like, exactly. it always looks a bit ropey, but it's not that ropey. Yeah. And obviously, there are big um, uh, restrictions in terms of what you can do with it. Um, there's really strong constraints, but. Mm. I don't know whether there's something you could do in terms of using fixed cameras. Um, it'd be really interesting. I think the big thing that you can't do is you can't have bits where the player walks around and you yes, can't have exactly. point-and-click puzzles because it all just happens, it keeps moving. But in exactly. my head, that's a real plus. I think that the one difficulty I always come back to with that kind of thing is the problem of failure. That if you have a... I mean, it's a bit like we had in Frankenstein, I guess. Um, mm. If you, if whatever I do as a player, it doesn't matter because the plot will always ramble forward, then at what point does the player say, why am I pressing the buttons? Why am I doing this? And I, I can't, I know Telltale just don't answer that question. And I know, you know, there's lots of other games that don't, a lot of choice of games, games, they don't really have any fail states. And, you know, arguably 80 Days doesn't have any fail states. But I always feel like there ought to be something which the player is succeeding at or... 
or influence yeah. it, or which they I can guess... just take ownership of and say, well, I played it my way. You might not, yeah, so I think one point that I've said a few times already is that um, I think expressiveness is important, but potentially the other thing um, that we had in 80 days is just any kind of resource. Mm. And if you can somehow manipulate that or have some quantifiable thing, whether it's the number of days that you're trying to complete the game in or um, some kind of um, money or something you're trying mm. to maximise, mm. then that did, does gamify it a bit it if that's even, what you want. And even if you're doing the expressiveness, I feel like there ought to be something to just prove to the player that that stuff is being tracked, that the game mm. knows that you're not just expressing your way into an well, That's the good space. thing about hard stats, I guess. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, Ansel Dawn had that by just killing off characters. Like, your, yeah. that's your, your gamey thing. There yeah. was nothing else about it that actually allowed you to have real But choices. as soon as you say, I'm going to try and keep so-and-so alive, then you've got a way of playing it and you've got a metric for it if you're playing it that way and it doesn't matter if you fail you don't have to restart or anything but at least you can you can do that and see yeah. that you're having an impact I do feel that's important I wonder if I mean we solved this problem on sorcery by having a map I wonder if you could somehow mix mm. late shift with a map somehow I, lo- I mean I love that idea of a map with the kind of video bits inside it I think that would feel really yeah or like a, that would feel a, really a, engaging a blueprint of the location where you're doing a heist and so you can control where yeah. you go from room to room. You somewhere. could cut from character to character as you coordinate yeah. them and that kind of thing would be nice. Mm. Yeah, it is interesting. But I, yeah. So, no, quite, I mean, good. They're really <laughs> warm and really good and odd because it's so simple. But it's quite often that it's just sort of yeah. a simple execution of idea can be kind of more interesting than a, a complicated yeah. one. One thing that I was thinking throughout playing that was just about... Uh, the production and the pipeline of hat like we always talk about needing more frequent choices because it makes you feel like you're interacting mm. with it more closely and the reason that I think they would always cite for not doing that is just the pipeline like how do you manage that production process of having like thousands of micro pieces of video that need to mm. be stitched together but if that's but that's just a tools problem right if you could as long as you can um, work out a way to create a production schedule for filming and split all that video up if there was a way to automate that or really good tools to help you do that so that you can go from a writing format that's a bit like ink to a filming process where there's a a process that allows you to just film all the right bits and then software that allows you to split up the video and stitch it all together that like if you could come up with good tooling, that yeah. could be really yeah, powerful. I, I would imagine that Late Shift was probably written in Word. Or yeah, if exactly. Not, if not in Final exactly. Draft. I'm pretty sure that Telltale games are written in Word. Exactly. Um, and that's probably one of the strongest things, things that's stop, holding it back. Yeah, absolutely. It back. Exactly, that's stopping it from being more interactive. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. So here's another way to look at it. Where's the market for this? Let's say that this is good and we made one. Where would we put it? I think... Like, Apple TV is really interesting. I think it fits yeah. really well, but it's a tiny market. You know, I would love to be able to put this stuff on Netflix. Right. That, was yeah, where, that yeah, is yeah, ultimately yeah. where I would like to be doing this. But and people like, don't have the Netflix controller, necessarily. No. I think there's enough... I think wherever Netflix is... Button, yeah, there? exactly. Wherever Netflix is, there's always a way to I mean, do that. I don't suppose Netflix have an, an in-video API that anyone can get <laughs> No, at. but like, it's the kind of have thing to build that... The bloody thing, I imagine but, if you were a company with a good enough budget and uh, enough clout that you could knock on Netflix's door, I think there's probably potential there, because Netflix are a... 
I think they're an innovative company. Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't really seen any evidence that they're interested no, in No, I mean, they haven't knocked on our door yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I imagine that they're listening to this. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Netflix. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean that they're listening to the Inklecast. I mean, they're listening to your oh. house right now because they'll have bugged up. <laughs> Yeah. I wonder if they have considered it. I wonder if they are listening to the, the grander picture of interactive video because mm. they do like their gimmicks. Netflix. Mm. Well, I mean, I will roll my eyes when they do it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, they're yeah. going to promote the hell out of it and I'm going to be like, Jesus Christ. But, <laughs> you know, it could do all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the thing for me playing Late Shift was that it was, it was a program that if it was on TV, I don't think I would have survived watching it because it didn't grab me very fast. I mm. don't know who the character was. I didn't really believe them. Mm. But as it was, I was engaged, I was watching it, and I probably would have carried on watching it if mm. I, you know, if I'd been sort of in the evening and not the middle of my day, right? Um, and that's because the interact, the moments of interactivity that worked were sufficiently enjoyable that I, that they gave me extra benefit mm. that the story itself wasn't giving me. But they didn't take me out of the story. Like I wasn't not understanding the plot because I was so busy playing the game elements. Mm. That's pretty good. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's true, you know, all the benefit true. of interactivity without destroying the story along the way. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the best that we hope for with the stuff that we make. But even if it was on a large platform, I do wonder whether people would just think it's gimmicky. I can't really imagine what the average person, if there was such a thing, would There's think about it. One other thing we should mention, which is the game that Tom's been addicted to for the last couple of weeks, which is called Episode. Oh, Episode. On oh, iPhone, which, yeah. is a, which is the top grossing app at the moment, or it's bouncing around in the top five anyway. Yeah, it was. And it's a... It's a bit like this in that it's a sort of Mean Girls style, drawn as a flash animation, <laughs> choose your own extremely girly adventure where there's no fail state and you have to buy gems in order to do the most interesting plot lines and unlock the nicest dresses. But it, it's a very similar format in some ways in that you're choosing lines of dialogue, you're just mostly expressive choices. Mm. Incredibly successful. And they yeah, okay. have some kind of model where they've got hundreds of thousands yeah. of episodes of right this. so yeah. Yeah. what it's we're saying is it's just a marketing problem really potentially yeah potentially yeah. it is and it's just a question of finding the right genre mm-hmm. as well so what's interesting about episodes is they have quite a lot of genres but they only have one target audience in mind it's definitely aimed at sort of teenage girls I think yeah. teenage to like up to potentially up to sort of the age of about 30 I suspect um, but they're all like well, I mean, classic but as the success of One Direction has taught us, there is enough <laughs> teenage girls in the world with enough money that that's fine. <laughs> it is not a niche. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we should probably wrap up there. We've been talking a long time about interactive movies now. Yeah, so we're not going to make one, but they were more interesting than we expected. <laughs> exactly. so we yeah, we'll keep our eyes out. Maybe we'll do another one of these in the future if there's uh, more that catches our eye. Yeah. And let us know if you know about any other interactive movies that we haven't heard of because Late Shift seemed to be off our radar until we just yeah, spotted absolutely, it in the exactly, App Store. which is quite interesting. So it's Late Shift on the Apple TV and the other game we mentioned was Contradiction on Steam, which you should absolutely play because it's awful. <laughs> and also Episode, which is awful but in an entirely different way. But you don't need to... That's free to play, isn't it? And you shouldn't pay them anything. Well, <laughs> they, they're sure doing they fine. They don't need <laughs> <it>. <laughs>